never forced, never coursed. Open discussions about things in life that matter to you most. From tech to TV, movies, and gaming, and everything in between. Streaming live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And be sure to join us every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and Saturday night at 11 p.m. GMT for Weekend Chill, exclusively on Mixcloud. Welcome to Voluntary Input. Hey guys, welcome to Voluntary Input. Um, you know, we can all use a little inspiration and motivation from time to time. My guest tonight is a CMP, technical event producer, founder, creator, and CEO of, Tree, of TreeFan, a boutique event planning and production agency that offers event planning, consultation, experience design, and production management for live, virtual, and hybrid events. She also hosts her own pro, or podcast. She's an AV unicorn and thought leader leader and on top of that she's a mom and even with all of that she can still have flawless hair and makeup on a zoom call <laughs> welcome Anka Truffin. good evening you know i have to have my own intro music i love it i love it <laughs> and that was fun hey leo nice how are you doing i think you. i better Such explain that I better explain that last part about the hair and makeup before I get myself in trouble. So when we first... Okay, for the record, my makeup is lipstick and a little bit of eyeshadow. That's all. Well, that's great. But when we first contacted each other about you being a guest on the show, you, of course, said, okay, go to my calendar, set up a, a date and time so we can, you know, have an initial talk about the show, blah, blah, blah. And I did. And on there, you can pick what is it zoom phone call or email or whatnot so i said i'll do a phone call and i scheduled it the day of the call you call me and i'm like hey how are you doing blah blah, blah. and then you say did you get the zoom link i'm like uncle there's no zoom and you and what do you remember what you said to me yeah i was like you cannot not have a zoom link because i did my hair <laughs> and my makeup <laughs> <laughs> Can't let it go to waste. <laughs> On a rare occasion, such as when I actually do something about it, you cannot not show up on Zoom or StreamYard or whatever video platform you use. Have to show it off. <laughs> I, you know, there's a, uh, I like to listen to a lot of comedians. There's a, uh, what's his name? Gary Goldblum. He talked about that once because he always goes on and on about his hair. He has fabulous <laughs> hair. And he's like, you know, sometimes I go walking by a mirror at night and I'm thinking I'm going to stay home, but I see my hair and it's like oh no i gotta go out <laughs> <laughs> so well you know leo you don't have that problem and my husband is the same way because he is like you know bold and it's like okay how can how many ways can you do your hair today baby you know like we joke about right. that. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's one of the reasons why i keep it bald i don't have to worry about it i just shave every exactly. once every yeah. couple days so oh, good. I'm sorry, but um, I'm a little jealous because, I mean, it takes a lot of work to look this good. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to have you on. Can you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself? I tried with a good introduction, but, it, you know, it just makes me tired looking at all the stuff you do. <laughs> you know, the good Lord will help you with that because I'm going to start talking and then I never stop. <laughs> That's fine. Fine by me. <laughs> Well, you know, at first off, thank you for having me on. I uh, enjoy, you know, it was so fun meeting you and getting to uh, know you and having the opportunity to be on your show is awesome. So to really quick give, you know, our listeners a little bit of a background. My name is Anka Trifan. I currently live in Boise, Idaho, and yes, I am a certified media professional and technical event producer, which are two titles that honestly you don't see a whole lot next to someone's names. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that and what's the background on that. But my company's name is Trifan Events. I'm the founder and CEO, and I like to call myself creator because I create a lot of content all the time. And um, what Trifan Events is and you know from the get-go what I wanted it to be is this boutique event planning and production agency that 
is offering event planning, experience design, production management for live virtual and hybrid events. And as you mentioned, I also host a podcast called Events Demystified. It's more of a tactical podcast that is uh, packed with a bunch of tips, tools, and strategies for anyone in the event industry, beginner or pro. And for the past two years, it's been super fun, you know, interviewing, I'm sure like you do, you know, a lot of really cool people, event professionals, local, national, and I, you know, get to learn a thing or two from their personal and professional experience. So it's been a lot of fun. But talking about my career, how I started my production career, really, it's fun because it's related a little bit to podcasting. I started in radio back in high school and college, and I had the best of times during a time, you know, when (laughs) most people, when they talk about their high school, they hate it. It was amazing for me because I was doing something that not a lot of 16-year-olds were doing and given the opportunity to do. And after college, um, when I moved to the U.S., I made a decision to move to the U.S., uh, I honestly, I wish I would have had less insecurity about my accent and mm-hmm. started podcasting way back then, right? Right. But I didn't like the way in my mind, the way things um, pan out to be was like, well, I can continue my career in radio, you know, because of my accent. So then where can I, what can I do? You know, I basically moved to the next closest field in my mind that was gonna, you know, be event productions. <laughs> and right. there's people that are like, hmm, Hmm. you mean radio to event productions? I mean, like, I don't see the connection. (laughs) Well, you know, if you do take the microphone away, in my days, and I talk like I'm 100 years old, (laughs) basically a radio DJ, you know, at least the the radio I was working for, because it was a smaller, small town radio station, you know, you had to run the soundboard, you had to mix the levels, you had to create content and mix, you know, music, spoken words, you had to create audio promos, you know, jingles, radio jingles, and moderate a bunch of interviews on the air. So I ended up like learning a whole lot about this small little Mackie, I think it was a 1602 that we had in the radio. (laughs) station like an eight track yeah totally and just tweaking it and just uh, probably you know people were like what is this person doing why is she sounding like different all the time (laughs) because I was constantly messing with the EQ you know but that's basically that's been my back my background so then when I moved to US I moved to actually LA Mm. And I, I was like, okay, that's all I know, you know, and I am going to apply what I know in some way, fashion or another. And I was super hungry to learn. So I started, um, I actually interviewed for a production house uh, down in um, Santa Ana. And I told them, hey, I'm uh, really, my background is computer programming. I ended up, you know, um, finishing like C++ and a bunch oh, of really? other, uh, you know, uh, programming languages. Yes. Wow. But here's what, what I'm really passionate about. I really want to learn event productions. I want to learn how to mix sound for concerts and do all these cool things, you know, that people do. But in the meantime, I'll fix all your computers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the <laughs> <If> IT. happy. <laughs> So literally, they hired me to be their computer fixer person. Wow. (laughs) While I was learning hands-on, and I started with wrapping cables, like what can I do in this warehouse? And I started like organizing gear and starting to learn about gear and plugging it in and starting to play with it. And before you know it, you know, uh, from... You know, wrapping cables, I ended up mixing live shows for concerts and corporate events and a bunch of cool people with cool names. And I'm not going to brag, you know, a bunch of names. I'm just going to say a little bit of Fergie in there and a little bit of, you know, uh, Britney Spears and, you know, Holly. I'm just going to throw a few names on there just just for good measure. We got it. We got you. Yeah, yeah, really. (laughs) That was my life, you know, for the longest time. But that working as a, you know, um, a woman in event productions was also a hard life. You know, I mean, we were constantly working 18 hour days and constantly moving from event to event. We were done with one event, strike it all down, load it into the truck, go to the next. And it was a constant, like, you know, at one point I remember like a few years into it, I ended up 
burning out so badly. Like I had a complete meltdown on a show somewhere in Vegas during a setup. And uh, (laughs) me, uh, me like totally like melting down after 36 hours of work at that point, because we were like in a super tight crunch time. We had this at the um, Las Vegas Convention Center and we had to... um, we had to install uh, LED lighting on a bunch of exhibitors' booths. And this is in the days when LED lighting wasn't as easy to, to set up. So if you messed up your wiring on the DMX wiring, mm-hmm. like if you put the wrong end to the you know, beginning or the beginning to the end, like the whole system would crash. And we yep. could just not figure out like thousands of fixtures later, later, where is the problem? So we're like troubleshooting, troubleshooting, and this is hours, 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 and we're like deadline. Like we, this, the show has to start. This was for a um, um, fashion designer, Cristiano Digier. I don't know if you're familiar with the Ed Hardy fashion line, but uh, he had a few uh, multiple fashion little, lines. I'm not really yeah, a fashionista. He's, he's dead now. <laughs> Poor Christian, Christian Odigio. He, he unfortunately passed away, but mm. it was super fun. I mean, this was a show where he had Snoop Dogg and a bunch of other people just oh. come and like throw on a party, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember like melting down on the show floor there and yelling <laughs> at my boss. I'm like, I am done. Like, if we oh. can figure this out, I'm, I quit. I throw in my hat and I'm done like I'm gonna go and I don't know sell cars or do something you know <laughs> and um, I had you know this is where it's so important to have such a good relationship with the people that you work with and they know you you know them and you you know you know when your buttons are pushed but also when you stretch yourself to thin you know and right. uh, and I'm still the best of friends with this uh at the time boss of mine that now I consider uh, one of my closest friends and a mentor. But it was like one of those situations where it's like it could end like badly for you, you know, <laughs> as an employee. But he had such a grace to realize that we're like we were working without stopping. And this is not, you know, the type of crew where you get your, you know, breaks and mm-hmm. on time and <laughs> you go and shower. And no, it was like <laughs> crazy hands-on but anyway it's it's just so fun because i now i remember fondly a bunch of those memories because they bring (laughs) a lot of good memories but i also know how hard you know the work was and so eventually when i decided that it's time to adult and uh you know get married Uh, i think it's one of the worst decisions ever (laughs) right you know i i moved to portland oregon where i I met my husband and that kind of transitioned my career into um, more of corporate events, nonprofit fundraising and more like suit and tie, you know, (laughs) instead of like, just put on the craziest, you know, t-shirt that you can find and go and do a a live show, you know, Uh, rock star versus, okay, now I am a, you know, yeah, now you're an executive. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So you, you mentioned your accent and moving to the U.S. Where, where from? I moved from Romania. Romania, okay. Yeah, we we are known for having a Russian accent as much as we don't like it when people tell us that. <laughs> See, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit it. I don't know. I, I mean, you if could tell. If you travel it's... just a little bit outside of the U.S., you know how you know anyone in that parts of the world. Like, if they're yeah. associated with Russia, they cringe. It's like. Oh, I've, we, I've heard. We are but... enemies of like, <laughs> I don't know why still, you know, I mean, 50 years later, we're still enemies. Well, you know. We're not. That... If you're Russian and you're listening, we're not. I'm just kidding. Well, there are a lot of Russian <laughs> listeners. No. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so it, it's funny. funny, though, that you mentioned that, though. Yeah, because you a lot of nations can have some really bad history, but that doesn't mean people now you know, ascribe to that history. So yeah, you get that bad blood. It's like, well, you know, here we are now. You know, times exactly. have changed. Exactly. I mean, my generation is like, whatever. It's like, whatever. I mean, obviously, it wasn't fun to be under communism and under Russian occupation. But mm-hmm. I was, you know, I still remember even as a six-year-old, you know, seven-year-old going into first and second grade. But I mean, that is like 
long time ago history like how yeah. is that affecting my life now <laughs> it's exactly. like come on and see and i think we may be in the same generation because here it was we feared that you know and that's what the cold yeah. war was all about i mean there's a reason why you fear that <laughs> <laughs> and it's outside of our topic of conversation i know Maybe we've gone on a tangent time. but that's fine <laughs> that's what voluntary input's all about <laughs> those are things totally, that matter like, most we start here and then we end up like who knows wherever where. the road takes us yeah so uh, when did you decide uh, to go ahead and start your own to start tree fan boutique and how does uh, how did you come about that how did you build that up so that's a great question because after I basically settled down <laughs> I moved to Portland Oregon and uh, I transitioned to corporate events I um, that's when really the desire to start my own company was born especially as I started working in a nonprofit sector, and it would be probably several years later uh, when I finally, you know, got the courage to do it. And eventually, um, when I moved to Boise, and we've been in Boise for five and a little bit and a half years now, um, I was actually flying back and forth, back and forth between Boise and the Pacific Northwest for events because I had. Um, so many clients by that time and mm -hmm. I you know supporting them and just flying every weekend during the busy season and if you work in the nonprofit sector usually that's like spring and fall and um, that happened until literally the end of February like February 29 leap year 2020 <laughs> when you know the whole you know, industry came to a halt, the pandemic started. Everything, yeah. Yeah, and with that really was the start of pivoting to virtual for a lot of the events. I mean, the majority of the events in my pipeline at the time, really, honestly. So when I really look back at my professional career and journey, I'm honestly super grateful to, you know, have gotten the opportunity to learn first off hands on and work with some amazing people, amazing men. And unfortunately, I was the only woman on the crew for many years. I mean, we're talking like almost two decades now, right? right. And, uh, and it's also, you know, I'm grateful because somewhere, you know, far away when I was super young, someone decided to take a chance on me and me give me that small job in that small radio station. And that really started me on this path. You know, honestly, if I look back at my life, I know this is where my passion is. And I'm wondering like, why would, what would I have done to fill the void with the same passion for doing something that I enjoy as much as I enjoy now? Like what would, the other thing would have been. And I don't know, because I can't answer that question, you know. Well, you said selling me, cars when you wanted to quit. You think you could? <laughs> because that would have maybe more money. I don't know. <laughs> You'd be a passion, passionate about selling cars. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, not, but hey, it's, it, you know, if you have to, I mean, I could sell you like an empty can of beer. <laughs> <laughs> an empty one. Yeah. Anyway, all of that to say, you know, I, like you said, you know, that's not just, you know, that's not all I do. I'm also, you know, a wife and a mother of two. My kids are eight and four, actually five. My little one reminds me every single day that she's almost five. I can't forget <laughs> that because I get in trouble. And I've also seen myself a whole lot as, you know, an advocate for women in the event production and technology world. And, um, I wanted to create a way, an avenue, a platform for uh, women to feel like they are uh, welcome to the table or how I like to joke, behind the table, you know, behind the tech <laughs> table. And they feel comfortable in that role because for the longest time, I feel like I kind of took the approach of being, you know, the shy and meek person and just not, don't get yourself in trouble, don't get noticed right. and hide behind your mixing board, you know, just do your thing. But that doesn't necessarily um, help when it comes to paving the way for more women to feel comfortable to do that, you know. And when I found myself in this role, you know, even as a role model, I, I fell into it. I didn't look for it, you know, and I didn't even think about it until I realized that I had like all these girls, you know, I mean, at that time I was like well into my mixing career and I had little girls like wanting to like follow me around and learn. And 
that was like a little bit of like, oh my gosh, like you're it's looking a, at yourself. It's a jolt to a the system to believe that people are looking up to you. Yeah, like, cause I mean, I'm like still growing, like I'm still maturing. Like, what, right. what do I have to offer? Like, nothing. I'm still doing the same stupid mistakes, you know. I know right. But <laughs> I realized that there's actually there's not a, enough models, you know, for women to look up to like that. And now, if I can, you know, and I use different platforms for that, I love to elevate women that do, you know, the production work, the event, especially event uh, productions, AV productions, because you don't see that a whole lot. And to be in this field for that long that means you're really passionate about what you do and you enjoy it because if you want it an easy way an easy way to make money there's so many different ways to do that you know but if you're really passionate about it and, and that's basically is the test of time and i'm still around you know 20 years right. later <laughs> that tells you that you know i you know i care and if i see the same thing the same passion then it's worth you know investing in that person you know to me at least at least making a way for them to to have an easy a easier journey you know because it wasn't an easy journey like it's not just like you show up on a men's crew and everybody's gonna give you uh, the a1 mixing position and oh my gosh look at her she's amazing so awesome no it's not like that you and know? that's interesting because when we yeah when we first talked i was talking to you about you know, I've, I've been wanting to address this issue because, you know, we keep seeing so many high profile things happen, like what happened at uh, Activision Blizzard. And, you know, there's been some things at Apple, you know, we just keep hearing these things about sexism. And it's it just fascinates me that, you know, here we are, it's 2021 and we're still hearing these same things where it's like, oh, well, she's just a girl. And, and, and I'm like, no, that's not how it should be. You should just be judged by your merit. You know, yeah. what, what can you do? And you had told me a story, uh, about showing up and all these guys looking at you weird because you, and you were like, and I'm small, but everyone so looks the place. same size on <laughs> zoom. And, and I have to tell you, it reminded me of this. I don't know if you, do you remember the movie silence of the lambs with Jodie Foster? Yes. And when you were telling me that it reminded me of this scene <laughs> where they were at the house and her boss left her with all these sheriff deputies. And then they all just turned and looked at I her. I mean, she's kind of badass, you know. <laughs> she yeah, well, like then it was her body language. <laughs> she just shifted and then got them basically in line. And then we don't learn until later in the story that he did that on purpose because he was partially testing her. And plus he wanted all those mm -hmm. men to understand yeah. she's the lead on this. So whenever you've run into that, how have you dealt with it? Do you just? Well, it's a great, actually, question because um, there's, a, there's a few different ways in which that can pan out, you know? Like yeah. if I walked into an empty ballroom and we were there to set up for a large event and I had, you know, several crews, you know, coming in to do different jobs. You know, you had the rigging crew and you had the lighting and you had the audio and you had the video. And then you, everybody's there to pull together to set up this um, large event. You normally, if I were the project manager on that event, if I was the lead, um, I was the only woman <laughs> on that crew, right? So right. I'd be this little 5'2 girl walking in with a bunch of like uh, hunks and <laughs> some of them more or less. And <laughs> and um, I would be, you know, be or doing our thing where like I'm separating them in, in, in teams and putting like a little, you know, a mini boss uh, for each team so that I can manage them a little better. But then say um, a client or someone that I didn't meet before like maybe an assistant to the client because normally I would work with a client you know and they would know who I am and why I'm why I'm there and I'm not setting tables and I'm not you know unpacking tablecloths or setting decor and flowers or something right. I don't know and uh, it, but if somebody strange to the situation would come in and walk in the their first reaction would be to go and find the tallest guy in the in in the room right. to talk to because yeah. to them that was that has to be the boss. Um, whomever is leading this crew, it has to be that guy, right? Yep. And then if that happened to be like the clueless, my least like clueless guy on the crew, <laughs> I mean, uh, at least I would have hoped that 
he would have, you know, the sense to say, hey, I have no idea how, what you're asking, how to help, but here's the, the person that can. So Go talk at to her. one point, I ended up having to actually tell them that, like, here's, you know, if somebody comes and it's asking you a question, you don't have the answer, just point them to me. You know, don't try to come up with the answer. Don't try to run around in circles. Just point them to me because the chances for me to actually know the answer are like 100% better than you trying to figure out. But it was a process to get there because at at first I was just assumed that that was common practice. Uh, Instead, what would happen is they would try to answer. They would have the wrong answer. The guy would leave frustrated because he didn't get what he needed Mm -hmm. and then come back. It's like, who's the boss here? I'm like, I show up. Now he's already mad and now I have to try to like, you know, calm the situation and right. you know uh, make it up for whatever you know little damage that was done and it was just like and sometimes in other times was more also you'd have the attitude of like you can be in charge like that macho attitude and then it would turn into a power struggle right and to be honest that's like the least thing i want to do on an event with a bunch of guys because it can go in all kinds of directions and if i learn one thing is like I don't like to be challenged, but I also don't want to like to challenge, especially, you know, uh, a man that is not in the right mindset. Like we can well, go we, and we banter have, back and forth, right? We have this but ego problem that I'm exactly. sure you're aware of. <laughs> exactly. And it's like way more prevalent in men, the reality is. Yes, than it in is. Women. It's, it's not like truth. we don't have issues like women, we do. But I feel like that can be uh, like one of those triggers that it can go really unprofessional yeah. on a situation like a job site and uh, you know i try to stay away from that so it, it's it's funny because uh it, this is not the only place where that could happen like i, I was just having a conversation today here locally with um with a, a person that actually she comes her background is somewhat technical but in the emergency crews like everything that has to do with the emergency logistics of how you know the firefighters get sent out and how oh, the okay. whole logistical yeah. thing works emergency I'm like, response I don't, yeah it's, yeah but it's like she had a different term for it that I just doesn't come to my mind right now but it was funny because she was um, telling me a, 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 her story in which they were like the same way sort of like a setup where there was a bunch of guys and uh, she and they were assigned roles and she was one of the most knowledgeable uh, people in that group on whatever the the situation was at hand and one of the guys there was like well I think you can start working in the kitchen and she's like oh no like that is not why I'm here you know (laughs) so but see get enough of those type of interactions And even if you're the most confident person in the room, that kind of cheaps at your confidence, you know? Like I was on a, I think it was a Zoom call and we were uh, working on an event. This was more of a nonprofit um, committee, you know, like we were put together from different paths, different people trying to lift this nonprofit and create an experience for an event. So we didn't really know each other that well. We didn't really know, you know, our abilities and capabilities and what's our background. So we were talking about like a similar type of situation where we were going to have some entertainment and a band and somebody's like, well, who wants to take on the band uh, and deal with their tech writers? And I'm like, me, me. (laughs) Because obviously I know what the tech writer is and I know what a band would require because I mean, I've mixed and I've set up like you know countless events and i mean the guy looks at me and he's like i mean don't you think you want to do the core instead and at this point i'm like what the hell i mean i don't it, yeah it's just it's weird to me that that even still happens i mean i have a female colleague and i don't know if this has ever happened to you she's gotten it from other women too where they're like well she can't possibly know what she's talking about where's the guys mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can certainly be such a pervasive attitude. And I think we all have it in one measure or another. Like you walk into a room and honestly, sometimes I do have a little bit of distrust, right? Like mm-hmm. I have to first test you before I can trust you. Oh, of right? course, of course. And, uh, but still I feel like women more than men, they're put in this 
a situation where they have to prove themselves over and over again so much more than a man have to and they just add to the stress of or whatever overwhelm of any situation in general right so if you constantly have to prove yourself you know that gets like tiring after a while it gets just you know uh, not fun it's not fun anymore but the reality is it is it is what's happening in the real world like because you'd be you know you talk to people and be like yeah that doesn't happen nowadays anymore it's like well yes it hands does. on you know behind the scenes a little bit and then probably you'll actually get a different experience well I've, I've learned i've learned over the years to kind of flip that around because you know it's always it's always been basically minorities and women have to try harder like you pointed out you always got to try harder and it can be frustrating but it seems to me that actually helps you become more stronger and valuable and knowledgeable because you are trying harder. You learn more of the details. And I think it can yeah. actually be an advantage because you run into the right situation. Uh, the person that you're working with will be like, oh my gosh, she knows everything. Like, that's amazing. Like, well, she had to try harder for longer than most of these people in this room. So of course she knows more. It's true, but at the same time, it does. It's not that easy uh, as it sounds. Like you don't necessarily yeah. get that type of recognition. Like, have you seen the movie Hidden Figures? Yes. Right? Oh yeah. So, like watching it, it can be such a turning point for many women in event production and technology because you see how women were unnoticed and unrecognized, yet they play such a pivotal role in NASA during the early years, you know, of the U.S. space program, and that can be like, you know, a walk up to reality, to this need to celebrate and promote other women in tech fields to get the recognition they deserve. And again, coming back to what I said in the beginning, if there's, you know, a, a way through which I, I can do that through my podcast and my Instagram channels, I really try to elevate and celebrate and inspire women who work and want to work in event production technology because I want to give a voice to the stories that women in productions and tech are often not given the platform to tell and talk about. And I know, yeah, while it's fun, you know, and sounds so glamorous, to work, you know, fun events and concerts and fashion shows and, oh, you know, even some of, of the corporate work. events for larger clients like, yeah. you know, Nike, Intel, Adidas can be pretty fun when budget is not really a concern anymore, <laughs> right. right? I mean, there's a lot of fun <laughs> events. The reality is that behind the scenes is made out of very long hours, like I said, you know, strenuous work, sometimes very stressful incidents. So. It's no wonder really that there aren't a whole lot of women that feel called to be, you know, loading in, loading out trucks and setting up heavy equipment right. and, um, and be in this field. But I know if it's a calling, it's something that, that's something that makes sense to you and gives you purpose. You're going to do it no matter what. And it's not for the glamour. It's not for the pay because you, again, could probably find yourself so many other opportunities that give you, you know, up and above <laughs> what this niche can give you. But I've also, you know, met some really amazing guys working in event productions on the side of events, you know, and uh, and I've also met some really weird ones, too. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, I have to tell the story of like a really weird, fun one. I mean, it's fun, weird. I don't know what you're going to make of it. But it's like in my book is like one of the weirdest. Voluntary Input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm start. I love weird stories. Go for it. <laughs> right. Because it involved people that I knew and I work with on a regular basis. And maybe because of that, I had more of a bandwidth for dealing with some of the weirdness. But I worked, I, I worked with this one guy, actually pretty good friend, right? I mean, nothing more, just a friend. Right. And one time I ended up with getting like a bunch of like explicit photos of his like private parts. And I'm like, from him? what the hell? Yes. I'm like, did you get drunk? 
<gasps> did you mean to send this to your wife? Did you really mean to send this to me? I mean, what is happening, right? So if you think about situations like that, I mean, there's two ways you can really go about. One, you turn it into a stink show. <laughs> and you make a huge deal about it, right? Oh. Or... No, when you, you talk work to first. with guys, yeah. you know, you laugh at it, but then you set some boundaries. Right. And it can be a really fine line between showing someone kindness by keeping their privacy. Because I, I can tell you that much. I did not go around and like show everybody. This was before WhatsApp like was introducing <laughs> the invisible, you know, photos. Like you can see it once and then it disappears, right? By the way. This uh, is like you had way, it forever. I have, <laughs> have to warn everybody once again. And my, my co-host and I, we talk about this from time to time. The internet is forever. Just remember, even on WhatsApp, those oh, don't, yeah. yeah, just because you don't see it anymore, it's forever. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, but anyway, it's, it, it can be a really fine line between, you know, again, showing someone kindness by keeping their privacy, but also, uh, you know, this issue, if it ends up being repetitive and it needs to be addressed, it has to be nipped in the butt, you know, right away. Right. So the thing is, you especially when you work with guys, you will work with all kinds of people. And sometimes, you know, it can be hard to fit in, to feel like you fit in as a girl. And like, even like faking the fact that you understand some of the jokes or you partake some of the jokes, right. even though you know they're just so um, uncomfortable. And that's when you walk away or pretend that you did not hear one thing that was said, right? <laughs> You have to figure out a way how you're going to, you know, manage that because the thing is you'll have to work with these people again and that might become super uncomfortable, you know, depending on the right. offense, you know. One thing for sure is that once, you know, I had a discussion with this one person and how inappropriate this was and uncomfortable, that never happened again. But, but what I'm was still his reason? Very close, you, I'm still very close part. friends with this guy. Uh, if this was maybe a strange person... I think I, I would honestly have no tolerance for that, right? I'd probably put on a hell of a show. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, oh, yeah. But I know that sometimes when we, when we know people, we have a different measuring stick <laughs> for the people that we not know. That, look, no, not that. I, would, I have plenty it, it's of... It's true, but it's true. Isn't that true or not? But there's a there's a line. Of there's, course, that's why you need to set the boundaries, and that's why you never, need to know. I've had countless female friends over the years. I would never think, oh, she's a great friend of mine. Oh, Let I me. think she, he was drunk. Oh, I'm 100. percent He never explained that he was drunk. Did he ever? Oh no, we talked about it. Oh, we talked about it, and it was like, oh, I was like not in a good. It wasn't in a good state of mind. And <laughs> okay, whatever okay. I was thinking, and it's like one thing can lead to another. It's like All sometimes right. you know. I'm sure that there's some people that were like, well, reminiscence of that one relationship and that you end up sending some photos to your ex and then you regret it for the rest of your life mm. or some text, right? I mean, people have done some crazy shit and knowing yeah. that and having grace, I think it's super important. That's the most if, important thing, the grace. I love that you yes, said that. Yes, yeah. because if you've never done anything crazy in your life you, you haven't know, lived probably you haven't lived yes probably you're a dead person i don't know like <laughs> but we all have you know um, oh yeah the thing is you know um i guess i, I guess the thing is the takeaway <laughs> is don't create send crazy <laughs> first photos. of all no d-pics <laughs> anyone no none of that um oh my god also don't date you know the guys you work with, I think that's a hard one. I think that it's something that I said for myself and I kind of broke once or twice. Well, <laughs> that's human, I think. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, those are the people that you spend the most time with and right. you get to know them and you got to like them and you get to be comfortable around. But the downfall to something like that not working out, however, is not worth it long term. And yeah. I mean, we could go into discussions and conversations about that maybe for another time, but that's the reality. It's like, it's well, not worth it. <laughs> especially you work in a space that depends a lot on reputation and yeah, something like that can go absolutely. sour and that person could soil your reputation. Yeah. And that's something that's such a hard lesson to learn for sure. Because again, um, you work with a lot of guys and it's impossible not to have some chemistry or a level of chemistry with some of them, right? It's mm. just, it's going to happen. 
um, knowing, you know, when to uh, draw the line and when not to cross the line. It's super important because I, I've worked with the same guys for um, like decades and it's because the line hasn't been crossed. I can tell you right now, I don't talk with the people that the line has been crossed because you just can't. There's some things that uh, have been done and have been said and out of protecting your own self, you feel like you can't trust anymore that that person is going to keep your privacy, right? Well, that's mutual respect. Yeah, you got to have mutual respect for one another. I believe, Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot of um, opportunities to also take it. Like, guys can be so funny because I, I see this all the time, right? Again, <laughs> I work with guys, right? Yeah. And they joke and they make fun and then, oh, I... I met this girl and I this, did this and I did that. I feel like guys can be so open discussing about things like that. And, and it's not necessarily in a good light sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you get to be the witness of that, right? So then you start realizing how on the other side, things are perceived differently, right? right. And you have to be aware of that. Um, I think girls do too, you know, they talk as well, but I don't know. I feel like sometimes not in the same, like at the same level of um, mm. detail or I don't know. Like it depends on, it, I'll, I'll tell you, it depends on the situation. So uh, I also have, you know, I have a professional career and I work in medical IT yeah. and I interact with a lot of nurses on a regular basis. And I can tell you, female they can be pretty crass too and it's like <laughs> really i'm standing right here and you're talking like this <laughs> okay i guess i just work with guys and i have no idea what the girls talk about <laughs> yeah it's it's a people thing i think i think what happens is when people get comfortable with one another too male or female everything just comes out and it's like it's oh my true. gosh i can't believe you just said that <laughs> <laughs> Well, especially, you know, if you love to banter and honestly, yeah. I do, I do like that. <laughs> I'm like one of the like, you know, um, least unobvious flirts out there. So. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I'm not sure where our discussion is going, Leo. Are, we, are you going to pull us back home? <laughs> I, I threw away the notes. I mean, I don't, I don't see a point for having them at this point. <laughs> No, this was this was exactly what I I'd expected and hoped because I could tell because you know uh, whenever we try to get someone on the show, there's that little bit of stalking that goes on. You know, we go out and find what you do professionally and watching your show and seeing you appear on other shows, and uh, yeah, I, I I love your personality and your energy. And I had a feeling the conversation would go this way just from seeing some of your past conversations. <laughs> oh, I'm already making a reputation for myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're well known throughout the industry. No, it's... it's uh, no, I, I, think, I think if there's a takeaway out of this is the fact that regardless of where the field you're working in, I think you can make space for yourself and you shouldn't be afraid to right. do that. You shouldn't be afraid to take, you know, space to uh, be, you know, have a voice at whatever table that is, you know. And uh, for me, that was a big one because again, coming from a, almost like I can call it a third world country <laughs> for, <laughs> I mean, not really, but almost, right? Right, right. Um, I was very, very shy and in the beginning, and I, I, I had a really hard time uh, with the culture, like finding my, my place in this culture and relating to people and making friends and feeling like I belonged. And when you don't feel like you belong, then there's a whole list of things that start like shaking you know like even your meaning like what's my purpose for le for leaving what's the meaning right. behind all, all of the things that I want to do and I hope to do uh, it starts like you know shaking at its foundation and having the courage to push push through persevere and that resilience like we touched on a little bit um, to keep going even when the going is hard at times, you know, I think it's really important to have. And usually that's built because you've endured some hardship, you know, and right. uh, we were we we're talking a little bit about in our pre previous discussion about, you know, women and minorities and how they tend to have, you know, to try harder. You said that to train harder and learn 
more, I guess, to, uh, you know, to try and gain some footing, whatever it Just is to get that, that same doing. amount of recognition. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's so true today because I've personally never met more hardworking people than minorities, women mm. or men, really. I mean, hustling, self-motivated, determined to live a lifestyle better than the one they left behind. Right. And if you've left a hard life behind, a life of struggle, I mean, just to make ends meet, you don't need a motivational coach to talk you into what you've got to do right. to succeed. I could, I could teach the coach. <laughs> exactly. Because you will hustle of your own accord yeah. until you make it or you die trying. You know, I've always and, lived by the, the adage and I honestly can't tell you where I got it from. I've always lived by the adage of don't let their ignorance be your excuse. So just exactly. because someone treats you like a certain way because you're a girl, don't let that be your excuse. That's their problem, not yours. You, you do you. <laughs> Absolutely. But, and that, but that takes some mental strength and, and it takes a lot of, of mental strength. Yeah. And a lot of the battles really that we do, the worst battles, I feel like that we do, it is at the mental level, right? Yeah. Because if you don't, again, that speaks to your identity. Like if you don't know who you are and what you're capable of, then you're going to have, you know, a lot of self-doubt and insecurities to creating uh, this image or putting out this image of who you truly are because you're always going to like uh, sort of like get feedback from other people and they're going to become, you know, the mirror through which you see yourself. And mm -hmm. that is so, uh, so hard, you know, because you will get it wrong every single time because everybody will see different aspects of you and think different things. And then every time you receive that to be your self image of yourself, you're just going to get yourself into so much trouble. And that's a hard thing. I mean, even as a girl, you know, again, it even makes here, it makes the smallest mistakes seem like the worst thing ever. Yeah. To, and, yeah. Just cause you make one little mistake and it's like, Oh now this again, is what I they've been saying about me. I think that's a lot me. also linked to, be, to belonging because like, if you don't feel like you belong into one place or another, then you think there's something wrong with you. I made that mistake. There's something wrong. I don't belong here. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas somebody that doesn't have the same, you know, conception, like in their mind, like the same struggle, they're like, oh yeah, like, this is just a learning uh, experiment. Like it's sure it was a mistake. It was a failure, but it was a great uh, learning um, experiment. And I'm just going to move on from here with the things that I learned. Like it's super easy, move, move forward. But that, that, that's not necessarily true for someone that feels like, well, do I really, am I like, do I belong? Like, am I here, uh, you know, because uh, I'm actually supposed to be part of this and mm -hmm. I can totally like mess up with your, <laughs> with your head, you know? And then, like you said, it, it's, it's, turns the whole balance, you know, I can write head. a, I can write a book of all the mistakes I made just putting <laughs> this together. The Not show. You. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this isn't how it used to be. Uh, but that oh that's gosh. awesome, Mark. I really appreciate it. Now, it, it it's funny. I have a friend, um, kind of like a, more of a neighborhood friend, but she was also a, a school friend who started her own events business mm -hmm. many years ago. And she, she does quite well. She does primarily weddings, but, uh, it's just always when I see event planners and what you do, I, it blows my mind. I'm like, how do you keep all that together? So like, if you were encouraging women to get into, um, you know, the, this, this event production and event planning, where would you tell them to start? Cause it can, can seem to be a lot. It is, but I think there's specific, um, people that are maybe personality types, I don't know, that are attracted to this type of work, possibly. Like, you know, um, you have to be organized. You have to be a little bit OCD. You have to be a little bit like a type A personality to want to be doing something that not it's not a normal path of like an easy path, you know. Right. And, and definitely, you know, organization and planning skills are important because that's what's going to keep you sane. And... Um, there's people that, <laughs> going back to this um, boss of mine, that um, he was like one of the smartest people, and he is one of the smartest people I know, but he was the most disorganized 
person on <laughs> the face of the earth. I mean, literally, he would hand you a na napkin, like a used napkin, <laughs> on which he just drew like a diagram for some event or a RFP, you know, request for proposal, and be like, okay, use this to build a proposal, a quote for this client. <laughs> And I'm like reading between like, okay, there's smudges of food and there's like, <laughs> what up. am I supposed to like understand from this? And, but one thing he was so interesting about him, like as disorganized as he was, he knew every single piece of equipment that he had in this like humongous warehouse and mm. where it was. Like if you lost a screw or something, a pin in that warehouse, he knew where it was. Right. I'm like, how is that possible? It doesn't make sense in my mind because in my mind, I have to have systems and I have to have beans and they have to be labeled. Labels on your Yeah, it has to be organized, you know? It's like, I mean, even my books, they have to make sense. It's like right. same category, same topics. Like, has to, and then you go by height and then maybe you go by color. I mean, you can really go far. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose, you know, to be successful, I think more than anything, you wanna, you have to have the drive for it, mm -hmm. the passion to really make an impact with whatever it is that you're doing. And, you know, when I see events that go well and I see the experience that people are having for the events that I work on, and at the end of the day, everybody's happy. And this was so true, especially of in-person events, because even if it was the hardest, most like longest day, you know, and at the end of the day, you saw how much um, fun everybody had. Right. And even though you knew that you're going to spend another like 10 hours <laughs> striking <laughs> that equipment and organizing it and putting it in the truck and sometimes having to take it out of the truck into the warehouse in the same night, right? Yeah. You had the satisfaction of like doing something that made someone's life um, better, and absolutely, it, it, yeah. it, it put a you know it put a smile on someone's face, and that's worth the pain <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> well, I used to have a uh, me and a partner. We had a photo booth rental business, and that that was the same thing. I mean, you get there and you set everything up. Then there's the standing around and waiting. But then watching people have fun and then looking at the pictures and people are goofing off, you know, it, yeah. it made it all worth it. Even though, yeah, you had to uh, stay around long after the reception or whatever was over to pack yeah. up and get going. But, yeah, it, it was a fun time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I suppose, you know, just as a practical way to start somewhere, you know, I started again by doing some research on the production event companies that were in my area at the time when mm -hmm. um, I was down in LA. And uh, and I sent a few letters of interest. It's like, hey, here's my skills. Here's what I can provide, but here's what I want. Here's what I really want to learn. Here's where my passion lies. Give me a chance, give me an opportunity. And um, some people I never got responses for. And uh, it's funny because later uh, down the line, I end up actually um, having some of those companies work for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like how things turn around, you know? Yeah. But, um, and then hiring them for different projects. Um, and then they're like, shoot, you know, she could have been on my team, but now she's like on the opposite team. <laughs> well, you had your chance. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but it really starts maybe with finding places that might need some help and um, learning around, you know, a thing or two just by following someone around or maybe by interning or maybe by just ask, asking someone uh, to a coffee. Hey, I'm going to buy you a coffee. Just tell me, you know, what is it that you do just to get an idea? Would I even be interested in, you know, in pursuing this? So there's... I think everything starts with the conversation mm -hmm. and um, and asking. If you never ask, you never know, you know, if the answer was going to be yes or no. I mean, the worst that can happen is uh, either no or silence. <laughs> yeah. And silence is an answer too, right? So Yes, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of what you say, it, it applies to any anything, especially that passion. And you talk about having the passion for something, you know, and that's something we try to teach our children, you know, don't necessarily chase money, you know, go after what you love and then the money will come to you. What is that saying that says, 
if you work for money or something where blah, 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 I always like butcher sayings and I keep trying, like I really <laughs> keep trying to get better. But again, this translation in my head, the way it comes out, like it never makes sense. But the saying where it's like, if you're going to put passion in whatever you do, you're never going to work one day in your life. Like I'm sure right. there's a specific saying that maybe it's going to ring with someone right now, but it's nothing like I just said. <laughs> well, if, if you pursue your passion, it, it eventually doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, exactly. And then to me, that's more important than any sum of money at the end mm -hmm. of the day, because money comes and goes, but, but yeah. the time that I spend in putting, putting into things that I love, I don't get that time back. So if I'm going to, spend a bunch of time doing something that I actually hate. <laughs> that right. to me sounds like a miserable place to be in. Especially you know? if you're doing it for someone else. Oh my gosh, especially, yeah. I've I've also had a, you know, a, a time span in my career where I was working for the wrong person uh, for, a, um, a, a, it wasn't too long, it was just a moment in time, but it felt like the longest time of my life because I had absolutely no interest, motivation, or desire to actually do anything <laughs> in that place with, that I was. And that's, mm -hmm. I mean, literally, I was filling my time with a bunch of tasks at work, but none of that was moving my career forward or the business. <laughs> now, I actually, I have my kids and my, my husband begging me to stop working <laughs> so I can actually have some quality time with them because mm. I cannot stop working that's how much i enjoy what i do and i always find something to work on always find a project always find something more creative to like invest myself into and that's fun you know that's something that doesn't um like take away all the air out of me and it doesn't like dr draw the life out of me because i'm actually getting more like passion as i'm doing it <laughs> as i'm like investing myself into it you know right do you ever try to point your children in this direction? Do they show any interest in it or? I actually try with my little one. So when I go and I mix, cause I still do that, try to like keep my uh, mixing skills from rusting. <laughs> I would go and mix a live, uh, a live band, you know, um, every so often, uh, usually like uh, every two weeks or once a month, you know, whenever the opportunity arises. Uh -huh. And I would take her with me to sound checks and just to show her a little bit around, you know, just to show her, you know, what things do. And especially if it's like a digital mixing co a console with a bunch of lights and a yeah. bunch of faders and you just press one button and everything moves. Yeah. She goes super excited about it. <laughs> but I think, you know, with kids, like with everything, we are an influence in the way that, you know, they should go. Like a little, just a little story. And I know we're running on time, but um, my dad, he loved um, electronics. Like mm -hmm. he would be in his little man cave constantly <laughs> fixing something. Like if he was in a broken radio, it was a broken TV. And I'm talking about those CRT TVs of oh, like yeah, the big centuries tubes. ago. Exactly, with like tubes and crazy stuff. And he was constantly doing something. And he, um, he basically invited me in to be his assistant. And I think I actually put a lot of my desire and passion for learning all the technical things and all the production and the AV part on just playing in his little shop with all the wires and all his broken radios. And, and it was an influence on my life that, you know, looking back, maybe if I was spending more time in the kitchen, I would be a better cook today, but I am not, but I have a great <laughs> husband that is, so <laughs> I'm saved. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's all the cows. It's a, it's a partnership. Marriage is a partnership. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Now, my my husband laughs at me because I'm like working from home and around 4 p.m. I'm like literally calling him. I'm like, I am so hungry. What do I eat? And he's like, aren't you like close to the kitchen and the fridge? Like, open it up. I something. open it up. I'm like, there's nothing to eat in here. And the fridge is full. <laughs> Oh, now you sound like my teenagers. So <laughs> I am the worst person when it comes to eating. Like I forget, like I get so busy. I totally forget. And then I'm like, now I'm so hungry that I will eat anything. Like just give me anything. <laughs> just 
a burger, something, something, right? Something, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, it, like you said, it is a partner, uh, a partnership because the things that uh, I don't do, he does, and the things that you know, all the projects around the house, I do. So he doesn't have to. <laughs> it's a balance. That's all that counts. Exactly. Well, Anka, this has been as much fun and even a little more fun than I thought it was going to oh be. Oh my gosh, I, this was definitely fun. Thank you so much, Liu. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, we could go on and on, but probably at one point it would be like, hey, it's time to go to sleep. It's exactly. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you have any more, any events coming up or anything you want to plug before we take off? Yeah, let's see. Um, I guess... Uh, you know, it's funny because with events, the better and bigger the event you work on, the more NDAs they're surrounded by. <laughs> and that's when oh. you know you've arrived. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm kidding, but not really, because there's a lot of uh, professional projects that I'm working on that <clears throat> might have, you know, one level or another of privacy attached to them, or they're either streaming to an event platform or it's ticketed event and you need to register and so forth. But on a personal level, I am super excited about, you know, producing uh, quite a few podcast episodes in advance with some really high quality guests. And I'm so excited about um, having those episodes go on air. And I, um, I also, you know, uh, I love just the fact that I get to highlight some of the expertise that uh, a lot of event professionals have, mm -hmm. but they don't always have a voice to express that. And uh, and for the listeners, you know, knowing that they can walk away with some something and apply it in tangible and practical ways that really highlights, you know, it's the highlight of my day. I'm also working on a project in, in which I'm actually involving a group of really strong women in event productions and live streaming. And we're going to do a forum soon, but that's going to, it's a little <laughs> bit, you know, still in works. And you're going to hear more about it if you really want to tap into that and learn more I guess you can tune into some of my social channels and um, talking about that um, if you like to connect with me the best place I guess you could do so on LinkedIn on a professional level <laughs> find <laughs> me by my last name or first name right. and the next best thing learning more about like behind the scenes you know the fun Anka behind the scenes my personal life that's Instagram and mm -hmm. that's at Trifan underscore events and also events demystify podcast that's my um and I have another I mean I have a lot of Instagram <laughs> one of them which is the platform for women in event production is called women in AV productions and I I love to highlight different women in different fields especially in this um production and technology world so I think that's, you know, kind of summarizes everything really. That's, that's awesome. And then even to think about the fact that there's things you can't say, you are a busy, busy person, but that's I awesome. I try to keep myself busy. I don't think rest is something that I do well, which on another topic of discussion, you know, we could talk about that, how it's super important, but there is just this tiny life that we've got. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to do. <laughs> and if I slip it away, when am I going to get to do it? <laughs> well, that's true. That's, that's, a, that's a thing that, yeah, you always got to remember. Um, I always say life is for living, you know, live it. But then yep. you have to have that balance too, you know. And, you know, I know you probably hear a lot about self-care. We all hear that. You know, you got to take that time to just stop breathe a little let yeah, it go for i think bit. for me it's like going to the gym on a daily basis yeah. and clocking in up to two hours and just like pushing and shoving those weights is really creating that space you know that i need for my mind to be a, you know a little bit free of uh work and uh, just listening to music or an audiobook mm -hmm. uh, but also mentally it really like helps me work out sometimes through some things that I might be struggling through that day or like I have a really like hard day and I need to burn some steam right <laughs> and it has been the best way for me to um to work sort of like you know yelling at my husband or <laughs> I don't know <laughs> oh my Which, goodness he actually enjoys me better when I come back from the gym than if I don't you got it all out on the way it's a win-win <laughs> 
Well, again, Anka, it has been a pleasure, and you are welcome back anytime. Anytime. Don't open that up, Leo, because I'll be there all the time, and they'll hey. be like, okay, girl, now just go find yourself another hobby. <laughs> hey, you can come back and highlight that hobby anytime. You know, you, you have the email. Now you, you have the contact information. We can't get away from you now. No, we can't. Oh, you got yourself into a lot of trouble now. <laughs> Thanks. You know, there's one thing, though, I was going to say, because somebody mentioned that to me, and I don't know where it's coming from, but um, they're like, how how is it possible for you to uh, find out so many things about a situation or someone, like, you know, way more than the regular person would do? (laughs) And I think I I, kind of turn it around to like, um, to make it into this field, like like any field, you need a lot of street smarts. Yeah. Truthfully. There's yeah. so much information out there. All it takes is just a little bit of like grease to go and find it. And you don't even have to look far. Like you don't have to go to the dark web. But really a lot of people are like, I don't know this or I don't know that. Or like, <laughs> it's so easy to Google things out. I mean, I come from the days when Google didn't exist. Me and too. we had, I don't know, have you heard of like the uh, M-I-R-C channels, Mirk? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I started. Like yeah. conversations on Mirk channels was like where networking happened. Hello, back in the days. Well, for us, it and was just IRC. Yeah, He had M. For us, it was like, I, I forgot the protocol name, but um, yeah. that's what we had it in Europe. And man, it was so fun to actually talk with, uh, open your horizon, mm-hmm. talking with people on the other side of the world. Yep. And yeah, anyway, I'll find you, Leo. I think <laughs> I you think can you hide. Go <laughs> <laughs> now you're like, oh shit, what did I get myself into? Well, if we if we don't get stalked to death by Anka, we we are here, we're here live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget to tune in every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern, every Saturday night at 11 p.m. GMT on Mixcloud for Weekend Chill. And we would always love to hear from you. If Anka doesn't take up all the guest spots, just go to voluntaryinput.com and select contact. And we'd love to get in touch with you. And we'd have to run her off and then say, Anka, no, it's someone else's turn. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you, Leo. You deserve a round of applause because. Oh, she brought her own sound effects. Awesome. You the man. Thank you, Leo. That was I'll bring the laughter. There you go. All right. <laughs> hey, do not get started with that because we're going to have to like, like literally like fight this off right now. Oh, we'll have a sound pad war. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> we better wrap it up. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time. Take care. <laughs>